Adventures of Jungle Jim. Every Sunday, five and a half million families in these United States read the Comic Weekly. There's a good reason for its popularity. Just pick up a copy and turn through its pages. Bringing up Father, Flash Gordon, Popeye, Blondie, Little Annie Rooney, The Phantom, Donald Duck, Henry, Tilly the Toiler, Skippy, Barney Google, The Little King, and so on down the list. It's no wonder there's a friendly quarrel on Sunday mornings over who's going to read the funnies first when your Sunday paper carries the Comic Weekly. It comes to you every Sunday with the great Hearst and other Sunday newspapers from coast to coast. The Adventures of Jungle Jim, broadcast weekly over these stations, are in addition to other adventures of this colorful character portrayed in full color in the Comic Weekly. The story you're to hear today starts up in Connecticut. Jim is enjoying a short weekend rest at the home of an old friend. He's sitting on the broad front porch overlooking Long Island Sound, examining the contents of a small box which he has just opened. As his host's 14-year-old son, Tommy Doyle, comes running toward him across the lawn. Hey, Jim, the tide's coming in. Let's go rowing, huh? What? Oh, hello, Tommy. Hi. Uh, I'd sure like the fellow, but right now I've got something to figure out here. What is it, Jim? Well, do you see this box? Uh-huh. It's from a very old and dear friend of mine, Gilbert Walling. Oh, well, what's in it? Well, that's just it. There's nothing in it but a small gold ring. It's peculiar. Oh, uh, I don't think there's anything very peculiar about that. What I can't understand, Tommy, is there's no message with the ring. Always before, Mr. Walling has enclosed a note right in the package. What kind of a ring is it, Jim? It's a very, very old poison ring from Agra. That's where the Taj Mahal is, you know. A poison ring? Yeah. Oh, uh, can you open it up? Sure. You see? Oh. The inside is hollow. Uh-huh. Guess it must be pretty old, all right. The inside of the cover is all scratched. Scratched? Yeah. Well, it shouldn't be. It should be absolutely smooth. The rest of the ring is perfectly preserved. You're right, Tommy. It is scratched. But on purpose. What do you mean, on purpose? Here's the message I was looking for, fella. These scratches are words, printed in tiny letters. Wait a minute. I've got my pocket magnifying glass here. Now let's take a look. Need help, Moolah the second, headed Eastern U.S. J.W. Gee, well, what does that mean, Jim? J.W. Hmm. Need help. Moolah the second must be the name of a boat which is undoubtedly headed for the eastern coast of the United States. But I don't understand the J.W. Mister Walling's name is Gilbert. Wait a minute. Have you got it, Jim? I think I have. Yeah, Jeffrey Walling. Jeff is Mr. Walling's young son. Oh, you think he sent you the ring? Yes, I do, Tommy. He must be on that ship named Moolah II, and he needs my help. Okay, he'll get it. Well, what are you going to do? Well, first, I'm going to New York and check on all ships clearing into United States ports. If I'm lucky, I'll find out where the Moolah II is docked. Then, well, who knows? Jim. Yeah? Can I go with you? anything, Jim? The Moolah II carries British clearance papers, and she's anchored in Tampa Bay. Tampa? Gee, are we going to go to Florida? Well, you seem to have invited yourself along, fella, so yes, sir, we're going to Florida. Florida. 
Sam, why did you want to go fishing at this time of night? Gosh, it's almost midnight. That it is, Tommy. That it is. Gee, I guess I'm just not smart. Hey, look at all the other little boats out here in the bay, too. And the fellows in them are all fishing. That's right. Well, Tommy, I guess I better let you in on my secret. Secret? What do you mean? This afternoon, I came down to the boathouse where we rented this rowboat tonight. And I told the keeper there that if he could get a lot of boys and men down here tonight, I'd pay them 50 cents for every fish they caught. 50 cents? Well, for gosh sakes, why? Oh, don't you see, Tommy? Two reasons. First, if there is anything phony going on in the mood of the second, we won't be noticed among all the rest of these rowboats. Oh. Second, with all these little boats out here... The moon of the second would have a pretty hard time weighing anchor and trying to make a getaway. Oh, gee, that's swell. Gosh, you think of everything, don't you? <laughs> Sometimes. 11.30. There she is, Tommy. Dead ahead. The moon of the second? Yep. Not a light on board. Except her port and starboard running lights. Now, Tommy, here's something else I didn't tell you. You see that small boat just off our stern... With the outboard motor? Yeah. Now, those two men there are customs officers. They're tagging along with us just in case of trouble. Gosh. Now, I want you to pull that little plug out. There, that one in the bottom of our boat. Pull it out? Why? Because we're going to ship some water. Then roll like mad for that boat. If we're challenged, we can show our boat half full of water and prove we had aboard the moolah for safety. Oh, yeah, I get it. Okay, Ready? Yep, pull it out. There she is. We're getting close, Jim. Okay. Jump on that platform, Tommy. Yeah. Now, climb up that ladder, Tommy, but be very, very quiet. And don't say a word until I speak to you. Okay. Jim? Tommy, those men were talking in German. German? Maybe they're Nazis. I don't know yet, but we're going to find out. I'm going to signal those customs men to come aboard. Wait. There's somebody over there by the rail. Yeah. Oh, it's, a, it's a young native boy. Perhaps the cabin boy of the ship. We'll have to pass him to get to the bow so we can signal the customs men. Come on. Oh, boy. Oh, go away. You're in great danger. You mustn't stay on the ship. Go away quickly. What? Jeff Walling, is that you? Mr. Bradley. Oh, I knew you'd come. I knew it. We can't talk here, Jeff. Can we go below? Yes, sir, we can. Hi, Mr. here for a few minutes, but I think we'd best talk in the dark. Of course, Jeff. Jeffrey Walling, this is the son of another very dear friend of mine, Tommy Doyle. Uh, Hi, you? Jeff. Rumgall, you there? Yes, I. Go outside, Rumgall. Let us know if anyone comes this way. Yes, I. 
Rumgar is the ship's cook, Mr. Bradley. He's our friend. Oh, good. Now, Jeff, what's this all about? Well, I must tell you very quickly. Back in Bombay, Father invented a new bomb site for aeroplanes. There were two men Father thought were his friends. They'd been working in Bombay for years as tea exporters. But really, they are Nazi spies. Golly! Spies! Yes. They're the ones who own this boat. They came to Father and told him if he didn't turn his bomb site over to them, they'd kidnap Mother and me. Immediately, Father sent one copy of his plans to the British Embassy in Washington and destroyed all the other copies. Good for him. But the men found out Father had done that. So they came to our home one night when Mother was out working for the Red Cross. And they took Father away with them. I changed my clothes and put on this native costume and followed them. When they brought Father on board this ship, I slipped on board too. And almost immediately, they weighed anchor and sailed away from India. Well, where's your father now, Jeff? Oh, he's right in here. They kept him chained in this food bin off the galley. Father? Has he come, Jeff? Is Mr. Bradley here? Yes, Gil. I'm here. Thank heavens. I knew you'd come. Did anyone see you come on board, Jim? Just two United States Customs men. And they're ready to come aboard the second I signal them. Good boy, Jim. These Nazi fiends are desperate, Jim. They know they're in a tight spot. And they've told me this in the last night. Uh, what do you mean, the last night, Gil? Well... They told me that if I don't sign a paper instructing the British Embassy to deliver my bombsite plans to them, they'll sail away tonight, kill Jeff and me, and throw us into the sea. They're very clever, Jim. And they have papers forged, of course, from the government in Bombay. Now, you must move very quickly. Jeff. Yes, sir? Can you or Rumgar guide me to the bow of the ship below decks? Oh, I will, sir. Rumgar should stay here. All right, let's get going. Good luck, old boy. Thanks, Gil. Here we go. Well, good evening. It's the captain. I see you have visitors, Mr. Walling. Friends of yours, no doubt. American friends? Yes, you Nazi rat. We are friends of Mr. Walling. How convenient. Now that Mr. Walling realizes that his American friends are also in immediate danger, I'm sure he'll be quite willing to put his name to that paper that up to now he's refused to sign. Don't do it, Gil. Don't sign it. The customs men will be here in a few minutes. Lord, now give me the paper. I think Mr. Walling... Pardon, Mother's Lord. Rumgar has knifed him. Get him, Jim. Get him. Right. Mother's Lord. Jim. Oh, Jim. Oh, Jim, are you hurt? No. No, I'm all right. Our Nazi friend just pulled the trigger at the wrong time. His gun was pointing at himself, not me. This is a beautiful place, Jim. Yesterday, I certainly wouldn't have thought I'd be here today, strolling around these lovely grounds in Connecticut. Gosh. Just think, Jim. It was Jeff who thought of sending you that ring. Why, if it hadn't been for him, you never would have been able to save Mr. Walling. You're absolutely right, Tommy. Golly, I wish it had been me. Not at all, Tommy. You shouldn't wish any such thing. You American boys and girls are doing a wonderful job right now. Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, Girl Guides, all that sort of thing. Yeah, but Jim... And then there's collecting waste paper and scrap metal. Messengers for your air aid wardens. The Junior Victory Army. I can tell you right now, when Father and I get back to Bombay, I'm going to start a, up a lot of things I've learned from you. And you're right, too, Jeff. While the boys at the fighting front keep them flying, all of us at home have got to do our duty. We've got to keep them rolling. <laughs> <laughs>